Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Work Alchemy podcast series on impact, talking with entrepreneurs and organizational leaders who contribute to building a more cooperative and positive future. I'm Ursula York, the host of this series. I'm a mentor to business people who want to have a positive effect on the world around them, building strong businesses by creating value for their clients, team members, and the larger world. I am so passionate about sharing with you the stories of entrepreneurs and leaders who have impact, their inspiring and energizing role models. I hope you use what you learn here to be inspired about what you can do in your business and beyond. For ongoing inspiration and support to get clear on your impact and put it into action, enter your name and email at workalchemy.com. Today's guest in this podcast series on impact is George Cow. George is a business coach who is a champion for the values of trust and altruism in business instead of the conventional predatory marketing that many companies practice. He has coached hundreds of clients since 2009 and offers comprehensive content for free through his website, georgecow.com. So welcome to the podcast, George. I'm so delighted to have you here. Thank you, Ursula. I've been looking forward to this and I congratulate you on the wonderful guests that you've already uh, had on the podcast. Well, thank you, and I congratulate you. I've heard nothing but positive things about you through my many and various contacts, so I'm, I'm really glad that we're able to have this conversation. So I understand that your book was just released, Authentic Content Marketing. Could you tell us a little bit about how you came to do what you do now and, and how this book came about and, and why it's important to you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, back when I started my business um, almost 10 years ago now, I was teaching my colleagues. I just kind of, for fun, <laughs> teaching my colleagues about productivity and, you know, how to, how to be more efficient in their work. And um, they mentioned that I was a, I was a good, uh, good teacher, a good, good coach. And um, so that kind of piqued my interest in this whole idea of uh, serving the world through my message and through my through my presence, um, and then my colleagues started asking me to help them with social media because they noticed that I was uh, I was pretty active and and effective at using things like LinkedIn uh, and Facebook even for professional reasons and Twitter and things like that. So I started to uh, help them with it. And one of them said, George, you should really go into business doing this. You're really good at it. So I was like, Oh, really? <laughs> and this is, this is the first clue that I got, I think, to making an impact in the world is, um, as we do enough different things, uh, the people that we're helping, if we notice them saying, Hey, you should do more of that. Mm-hmm. That was really helpful. Right. Uh, we need to pay attention to that. Cause I, I always like to tell people that, um, you know, our calling, is is um, made clearer and clearer to us by the universe through what other people say about what we do. I love that. Yeah, and so sometimes you know we we think that oh I'm really passionate about some particular topic, um, but the way that we're doing it, if we're only doing it one way, and it's and people aren't saying this was amazing, I got to tell everyone about this. This is you should do this more. Um, you know, then maybe we're we're being asked to try another way of expressing that that passion, and if we try enough different ways of expressing expressing our passion, our message, our expertise, we're going to come across a way that people say, "Wow, that was really helpful." 
uh, that really resonated with me. Mm. Um, I'm going to tell others about this, or you should do more of this. So that, so that's, and then further along that thread, uh, I did end up saying, gosh, you know, okay, I, I will start teaching classes and kind of making this go a bit wider than just my, my own circle of friends. And, uh, you know, after about a year into, into that business, um, my clients started asking me, George, you're really good at doing webinars. You seem to know how to put them together and make them really effective and market them well, et cetera. Why don't you teach us how to do webinars? I said, oh, really? Oh, I, and sometimes, you know, <laughs> the impact we make is, um, it's kind of like we, we're fish swimming in the ocean. We don't think breeding underwater is any big deal. It's like everybody mm-hmm. does it, right? Right, right. <laughs> no, not everybody does it. You know, monkeys don't breathe underwater and, you know, elephants don't breathe underwater. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so then I started saying, okay, well, that, let me go ahead and put together a class on how to put together webinars and market them, et cetera. And that went really well. And, um, you know, fast forward to uh, a few years ago now, just two, three years ago, I started to, I, I, found, I found that I was starting to help clients with these different pieces and then became more of a generalist, I guess, with authentic marketing. And so why the word authentic, right? You asked me about why is the book called Authentic Content Marketing? Um, content marketing, just for those who don't know, the, the phrase means to market your business uh, through content such as blogging and podcasts and social media posts and videos, things like that, and books and uh, images on Instagram, things like that. So that's all content. And when you put that stuff out there into the world, um, using the right kinds of distribution techniques like hashtags or partnerships with other content creators, um, the right people will find you. And not only will they find you, they will respect you and trust you because you are being a teacher to them. And so content marketing, I, I've always, um, funny thing, I was going to say I've always loved the idea, but that's not true. <laughs> when the beginning of my business uh, back in you know 2008 2009, I actually was uh, kind of um, criticizing content marketing. I was telling people, oh, it's such a waste of time. You know, it takes so long, and it's better just to learn how to sell well. And I was selling through webinars, so I uh, I was doing well there. But then over the years, I realized that even though I could sell, um, I hadn't I I hadn't uh, I, I was selling my programs, but then the making the impact was that was the challenging part. Mm-hmm. And this is why this, you know we're we're here talking about impact. Is that um, just because you know how to sell doesn't mean that your customers and clients are getting the results that you are selling. Right. You know. And so I um, saw that more and more that wow, people people like to buy from me, but you know, um, in, in, um, inspiring them and encouraging, handholding them and, uh, st- giving them the, the kind of structures to make the, 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 the difference in their business was much more challenging <laughs> than right. making a sale. Right. And so I actually, uh, shut down, um, the way I was doing my business back in 2013 and took stock of what was happening. I was making a lot of money. I mean, I was a solopreneur. You know, I was making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year um, with with almost no team, uh, and you know, working from home, very reasonable hours. But I didn't feel the impact. Hmm. 
I wasn't fulfilled. And in fact, not only was I not seeing the impact and not feeling fulfilled, be, you know, the, this, this sort of um, uh, conflict, right, in my, in my conscience between I'm making all this money, but yet I'm not seeing the, the, the impact of my work was, was quite painful. So what is the impact that you wanted that you weren't seeing? So the impact was to see my clients um, make an impact in their business. Mm. And I, I find that um, those of us who learn how to become good at selling, um, we usually make, well, I, I'll just say me, I made, uh, I, I showcased the, you know, the case studies, the, the few case studies of, of, of certain clients that, that reached great success. And um, I sold from that place of, of, of these big promises. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of salespeople um, maybe sometimes fall into that. Well, and it's kind of the formula. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. not the formula maybe, but right. it's certainly one that's talked about a lot. Right. Yeah. And and so this is why um, there, there have been a lot of criticisms maybe of, of, of selling and sales and a lot of people don't like it and uh, people find that maybe sometimes it's too hyped up and well because unfortunately um, human beings well not I should say fortunately human beings want to trust and mm-hmm. want to believe right and so when we are in front of somebody who's good at selling we want to believe them and if we do believe them and, and we spend the money doing it uh, you know, we are typically believing in these dreams and promises they've sold us. Maybe the five to ten percent of of the customers who got those amazing results, and then most of us obviously are in the ninety percent and ninety five percent who are getting the other kinds of results, which are much <laughs> less than what was sold. Right. Um, so, long story short, I came to realize that I had gotten really good at selling, and I hadn't been become as good at serving. And so when I shut down my business in 2013, I took stock of that. And I, in 2014, I restarted my business. And I basically, you know, one, one, of, your, um, you know, one, one of the things about impact and really wanting to make impact is having to give up certain things or having to um, uh, make a change. And, and sometimes that change brings us out of the comfort zone. I, I would say a lot of the times yeah. you know, we want to make a difference. I and think that's pretty zone. much an essential. <laughs> yeah, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's what you help people with, right? Like like being being okay with making the changes that are out of our comfort zone, et cetera. And the comfort zone, the 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 the, the pain for me in twenty thirteen uh, was that, you know, when I when I decided my conscience no longer allowed me to keep doing that. And when I shut down my business, I, I basically went from several hundred thousand dollars a year to, you know, a year. I mean, because I was basically saying, I'm not going to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. I had to figure out a new way of doing it. And so 2014, I restarted with by doing one to one coaching, one to one consulting. And I I, I emphasize that because it might be shocking to you, but I never allowed people to access me one to one before that. Really? I didn't know that. That's kind of the that's kind of the unconventional path, because usually people start one to one and then Yeah broaden their scope yeah, exactly yeah, I, so I, I think i somehow stumbled in in the beginning of my business into teaching classes and i got so in, i got so intrigued by it i i love teaching i actually love 
being in front of a group, answering questions, teaching classes, etc. And so I really got into that. And uh, I went into the internet marketing models and, you know, never sell your uh, time, you know, never exchange right. your time for dollars. That's right. stupid. You know, that kind of <laughs> that kind of thread of thinking, right, right. Uh-huh. is what often we are taught. Oh, you always have to leverage, 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 leverage. Right. Always have to multiply your, your, your time into, into exponentially large dollars, et cetera. And that's the kind of um, mindset that I maybe I was brainwashed, you know, by by some of the some of the teachers I was following back then. Well, some and it years. makes not logical sense if you're only talking about dollars. I mean, from if a purely only, exactly. number perspective, then yeah, that makes sense. If your only if your only priority is is profit, um, then of course it's all about sales and leverage. But of course, now I have to reframe this. If your priority is short-term profit, that's true. But once you start thinking more long-term, that kind of model starts to break down because when you are so good at selling that people buy because of your sales message, not because of word of mouth, that's key, Mm -hmm. right? Not because you have done such an excellent job of serving your clients that word of mouth has spread but that you, they're, they're, they don't, they, they know, they don't know you other than maybe one strategic partner has introduced you to their audience, which I did a lot, and all they know is, well, okay, well, I, I trust Bob, you know, I've been following, I'm on Bob's email list, I trust Bob, and mm-hmm. Bob says George is amazing, so then George must be amazing, and I'm listening to George's webinar, and he's his sales message is amazing, so I, I, I'll trust him. So, long story short, it's like once people buy with such a strong sales message uh buyer's remorse is 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 not uncommon hmm. and also the um when they try to implement the things that i've sold them because i made it sound so easy because i was showcasing the case studies and of course when you when i showcase case studies, people oh, think oh well i can do that too they realize oh it's not that easy and it's it's challenging. It's difficult. And so then it's if we've if I've hyped them up, it's easy for them to also give up. Hmm. And so I started in 2014 doing one to one. I said I'm not going to sell the classes at this point. I'm just going to do one to one. I kind of got humble and <laughs> went to went to the people and said I'm I'm only going to serve you one to one. And I I I got I made a really humble rate. I seen $125 an hour. Now. This is already years into my business. I already had a reputation. And people go, wow, George, why are you? Uh, my peers were saying, you know, my peers who are at $500 an hour, $1,000 an hour were like, why are you, under, you know, undercharging the market so much? But I, I, I really needed to do that. I really wanted to say I'm not going to make price an issue for, for most, pe- most of my audience. I'm going to say, you know, use my services. Let's do one-on-one. So that year was, was profound for me because I really got to see how to make a difference in my clients' businesses and in their lives. Nothing can replace one-to-one for that kind of experience. So is that why it's so important to you to, you said that the reason that you, you made this, I mean, huge switch, how many people give up a, a wildly successful yeah. business and yeah. completely abandon your old approach and, and start going coming from a new perspective and charging what is relatively little for an experienced marketer out of the marketplace. Why is, why is this so important to you? It was, you know, the re- yeah, that's a great question. Um, I started having a spiritual shift 
um, I'll just say I, I mean I encountered some some books and some some philosophies that uh, really um, spoke to me deeply about the purpose of life and that started happening kind of you know 2011 2012 um, and it didn't really fully mature I think until 2013 that's when I made that big shift because I could no longer uh, but the my my newfound connection with my divine source uh, was no longer compatible with the way that I was working. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I had to make such a big shift. I mean, I, I could say that I was starting to make that shift, you know, and, and, you know, you should probably have seen with your clients, it can take some time. Sure. <laughs> it's not an overnight thing. Yeah. Um, you know, personal development. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that was why it was so important. I, I said, I believe so much that the purpose of life is not, you know, success in the traditional mainstream sense of money and fame. Uh, but the purpose of life is, I would say, is more along the lines of, of maintaining a deep, true, consistent connection with our divine source, however we want to call that. Mm. And allowing that connection to overflow into everything else that we do in our life, especially our work, because we spend so much time doing it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm right on board with you there. I mean, I've, I've heard this expressed in, in different ways, but I think you, you really hit on such a key thing that when you're not in touch with that divinity within yourself, that inner yeah. essence, whatever you call it, um, things are not coming from an authentic place and they're not coming from a place of love, really. Mm. And um, without that, it, it, there's a, I think you're limited in your ability to have impact and you've seen that in your business where you're um, you're having a lot more impact now that you've you shifted your perspective on that. Would you say that's fair? Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah. It actually, I, I what's what's surprising to me is that I the way that I'm making an impact now, I would have uh, downplayed when I was in my sales mode, when I was in my fame mode. You know, of of having big audiences and doing webinars for hundreds of people, et cetera. It's like, I, I would have said, George, you're, you're, you're making videos all the time. And some of these videos only get a few dozen views. What, why are you doing this? You know? Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I truly, now that I'm, you know, uh, let's see, I, st I really started this model in 2014, authentic content marketing. So now I'm, um, a few years into it. It takes a few years to really see, oh my gosh, word of mouth doesn't genuine word of mouth from the impact you actually are making doesn't happen overnight. Right. And it doesn't usually happen in three to six months. What I've seen, honestly, as I looked around, not just at my own clients, but at those who have succeeded in doing it, is it takes a few years. Mm. Now, of course, the reason why it usually takes a few years is people kind of flail around for, for the first year or two <laughs> before they really get there. So this is why I wrote the book, Authentic Content Marketing. It's like, okay, let me teach you what I've learned in the past three to four years of doing this, uh, flailing around in the first part of it, but then coming to see what the, what the 
what a process is that seems to be really effective in getting to your genuine, resonant message and then sharing it in a way that people um, people love, and and then hopefully it won't take you three to five years. Hopefully, it'll take you you know less than a lot less than that. But but what's interesting is you, you've had um, you've had Seth Godin on your podcast, I know, and mm-hmm. um, I'm fascinating. I'm fascinated with his content marketing journey. <laughs> and in fact, I write about yeah, and I write about him in my book. And it's most people don't know this. Now he's he's for those who don't know about Seth Godin, he is really like a god in the marketing world. I and mean, really, a lot of people think, marketers myself included, that he really is sort of the uh, you know the most authentic, prolific marketer, most well known you know marketing teacher there is on the planet today. And um, but he didn't obviously start off like that and it didn't happen for him in one or two years or even three years i looked back on his blog history i was really curious to say when did he start to really get traction on his blog because he has been blogging every single day he has written a blog post for more than i think 10 years now wow more than 10 years no idea single day now he started back in 2002 because i went back to his archives 2002 was when he started his blog. And back then he wasn't doing it every day. He was, but he was already doing it every week, at uh, least every week. Right. So, and then, you know, I think maybe back in 20, 2005, 2006 or something, he started doing it every day. And it wasn't until, get this, 2008 that he started, I started noticing his blog posts were getting shared. So for, from 2002 to 2008, he was doing it so consistently, giving value every just about every day, and yet mostly crickets. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think, I mean, this is a great example for people that are, I mean, sometimes, and I'm sure you do too, do I really have to keep going with this blog or this newsletter and it seems like nobody's out there? And uh, I mean, what a great example of, of actually there being kind of a tipping point for that if you maintain consistency and and your message is clear and all of those right. things are there other components that go into that yeah. do you think yes I, here's a key distinction and and i would say encouragement for anyone who's trying to do this is um don't look at success as being am i big like seth godin yet uh am i do i have the kind of word of mouth that george cow has no you look at see that's the that's what discourages. That's what makes so many people quit and stop. It's true. It's, oh, I'm I'm blogging, 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 or I'm making videos after video, and I only get a couple of views per video, or I only get a couple dozen hits on my each blog post, and I I get zero comments or one comment every now and then. Okay, um, another uh, content marketer that I follow, his name is uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've, you've Gary V. Gary V. That's <laughs> that's him. Yeah, and it's funny. Like when I, whenever I, I uh, talk about him to my audience, my audience is always shocked because they're like, Gary V. has such a different energy than you, George. He's so he like loud mouth bravado, and yeah. This, despite the loud mouth bravado and and cussing that he does a lot, if you really look at his what he's doing, he, I, I mean, I've I've seen so many of these, you know, uh, by this point over a hundred of his videos. He has a, this guy has a heart of gold. Uh, he really does. Um, he really, really wants to help people, and it comes across as very differently than me. But I feel like he and I share the same heart. 
He does a video every single day <laughs> and has done so for years. And again, in the beginning of his, his journey, very few people were watching it for, yeah. for several years. And then, and then he, you know, kind of blew up from there. But, um, the point I guess I'm trying to make is don't, don't look at those people as examples. Um, but look at, and, and, oh, I was going to say the, the reason why I brought up Gary Vee is he has this cool message that one is better than zero. <laughs> one is better than zero. And what he means by that is, you know, similar thing that I'm saying here is don't look at, am I reaching 10,000 people with this blog post, but am I reaching people that I care about that, and I, am I making a difference for them? So if you write your blog post and it's not, you know, popular yet, my question is, are you sharing your blog posts with your clients? Okay. Or with a few colleagues of yours or with a few audience members that you really care about and want to help. Oh, same thing. If you're, if you're making videos, are you then taking that additional five to 10 minutes to share that with a few of your clients or a few of your colleagues who care mm -hmm. about your content and, who, and whom you care about. And I mean, not just sharing every single one with all of them, but really thoughtfully saying, you know, I just made this video and I, I just based on the conversation I had with Ursula the other day, I think she might find this interesting. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to send it to her specifically. So it becomes a really personal kind of interaction instead of yeah. just those people out there, which, yeah. yeah. Which can that, that's right. yeah creates yeah. a sense of distance that which is really the opposite of what you want. Yeah, I am making my videos for the specific few people that I'm thinking about. Mm -hmm. I'm writing my blog post for that client that had asked me that question, and if I share it with you or with him or with somebody else that I was thinking about, and they come back to me and says, "Yeah, George, that was really helpful. I'm really glad you wrote that." I feel the success of that. Mm -hmm. And by the way, it's also how interesting and wonderful that maybe a few other people happen to catch it on YouTube or a few other people saw it on Facebook or whatever. And that's great. But see, <laughs> I've been doing that now for, for since 2014. Right. And here's the, here's the interesting, um, uh, I guess, uh, sort of insight on this or the, the experience of it is that I noticed so I started doing regular videos in 2014. I got super consistent in the middle of 2015. And I started adding blog posts on top of my videos in late 2015. Okay. And now, um, you know, a year and a half. So basically in 2016, at the end of 2016, I started noticing an interesting trend. Mm -hmm. I was no longer reaching out to people to say, Hey, I've got openings for my coaching. Will you, do you, are you still interested? I was no longer reaching out to my email list to say, Hey, I've got openings now. Anybody interested? Because they were all because filled. Everybody was coming to me. Ah, okay. And it has been almost a year now that I have not emailed my list. But seriously, I mean, I was, I'm actually, because I usually have a rhythm, you know, like every, at least every two to three months, email my list, oh, I've got openings, you know, and that's normal. And that's, of course, you know, I encourage people to, to keep doing that while you need to. Mm -hmm. But then if you are reliable in your content, and if it is resonating, again, not with, am I resonating with 10,000 people right now, but is it resonating with the three people 
that I thoughtfully shared it with. Okay. And by the way, not everything will resonate, right? If I send you three of my videos, Ursula, you're not going to probably love all three, but you might love one of them, mm -hmm. right? And then that's the key. If I have a relationship with you or with somebody else and I'm sharing the content specifically, not, not only posting it everywhere that I can, but specifically sharing it with specific people thoughtfully, then then I want to know is are they are they really liking it? Do they have any additional questions? Mm -hmm. What part of it was particularly useful for them? So this is really a great um, way of talking about and and I mean your example is a great one for uh, content marketing as for this particular approach to content marketing that you're really focused on particular people that you know have questions that you can address. Mm -hmm. And then over yeah. time, you develop this kind of this elusive, attractive energy that a lot of marketers talk about. But really, it's about sharing on a consistent basis with specific people in mind. Is that a fair summary? Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> You've done this before. <laughs> Um, yeah, it, that's exactly my most uh, popular blog posts and videos have been when I have answered specific questions for, for specific audience members or for specific clients. That's it. Mm -hmm. And so everybody listening to this, in your content, are you just saying what you feel like you want to say? And sometimes I do that too. And that, that sometimes that goes really well as well. But most of the time, if I just say what I want to say, people don't get it. Um, it. It means a lot to me, but this is one of the illusions of content creators is, well, we're human beings. We are in our heads. You know, you don't share the same brain and mind as me. Maybe on some spiritual level we do, but on, you know, on a sort of idea level right now, you know, we might share a few ideas, but my mind has some aha moment that was really super fulfilling and meaningful to me that obviously you don't have because you haven't had the exact same life that I've had. Mm -hmm. right. So we need to be, instead of saying, I'm just going to, you know, I, I'm going to say, well, Ursula, what questions do you have that I can answer? And so we need to be telling that to asking our audience members, asking our clients that question. And so, and then authentic content marketing means that we are doing it in service. We're not doing it out of Gosh, this is going to be a great teaser video for them to sign up for my webinar. And, to, you know, that's what I used to do. And right. that's why I used to laugh at content marketers who are giving so much value away. I'm like, why are you, you know, why, why are you wasting all this time and energy giving away all your stuff when you could be selling all of it? Mm -hmm. But here's the, here's what's interesting that I noticed is that I got so much smarter, faster, when I became generous with giving content consistently. What do you mean by that? You got smarter by okay. being generous. Yeah. So when I, in the past, I used my, my, my marketing strategy was creating amazing teaser content, like a, a sales webinar mm -hmm. or a, you know, sales page. So leading that, up to some kind of sale that you wanted yeah, to make. That, that, that made people, you know, salivate and like, oh my God, this is such a wonderful product or service or and, you know, lots of people do that, right? But but I was so uh, hyper-focused on that teaser content that I wasn't expanding my own horizons by creating different types of content and going deeper into my content because all of it was locked into um, 
behind what's called the paywall, right? The mm. paywall of our products or services, et cetera. So you so were once, spending all your creativity on creating the marketing. You were, yeah, I was spending, yeah, exactly. All my energy was spent in figuring how to persuade rather than how to serve. Mm -hmm. Okay. Not all of it, but I was at 80%, right? And 20% was left for serving my clients. Right. Now I have completely shifted that where I would say actually more like 95% is, um, of my energy is spent on serving mm -hmm. through my content and of course through my services as well. But it's like so all my energy is spent, maybe 5% or, or even less is spent on announcing, promoting something because by, by this point, because of my reliable content marketing, I have built a word of mouth where people trust me if I just whisper. <laughs> Well, that's, that's kind of, what we're trying to do. Yeah. That, yeah, that's kind of uh, uh, everyone's um, holy grail as far as marketing goes, where it's it's more about, and it really is the basis of a very solid business. If you're operating from a place where other people are have such had such a great experience with you that the value is so amazing and they've they've benefited, then yeah. when they talk about it, they're a really convincing advocate for you and and it's it's really that they're helping you spread the word in a really major way so that's right yeah, yeah. and yes that's exactly it's like back you know when when it's only us doing the selling it is so exhausting yeah it but is. when we have made genuine connections with people through our service to them we essentially hire <laughs> have recruited a whole sales team right because out of love um, and, and honestly, I am overflowing with gratitude every day when people are sharing my things for it because I'm like, wow, I, I feel like I don't deserve this because all I'm doing is I am trying to serve a few people and then other people pick up on it and then, and then share it forward. Mm -hmm. And so uh, back to just to complete the, the question of why did I get smarter uh, or what I, what I mean by getting smarter faster is when we are willing to essentially try to try to give away all of our knowledge for free online through whatever medium we most are energized by. Some of you love to write and, and would not want to do videos, and that's fine. Some of you have writer's block like I had and would prefer to talk it out on video or on podcast. That's great. But pick a medium that, that, that energizes you right now and, and go into it and share, try to. And I say this purposefully to say try to share everything that you know because you will find what's so interesting is once you try to share everything you know you'll realize that you have an infinite well of knowledge within you hmm. then the, the well i thought was limited and like oh i better not i better only share 10 percent of my knowledge uh and then 90 percent i sell but now that I'm trying to give away 100%, I can't give away give it away fast enough because I realize now I have 10,000% to share. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that I, kind of scale. And I think I think your dog agrees with you. So. <laughs> yeah. Apologies. I, yeah. Okay. I don't know what's going on here? But. No worries. Hey, I, I'm so interested in how this has shifted how you operate in your business, and I, I wonder if we could get a little behind the scenes perspective on. So, what's different about how you're using your time? And energy do you find you have you have more you spending more time in your business or less how is that how is this shift affected how how things go in the day-to-day -day operation of your business yeah I, I love that um 
I think that I am now spending more time, but obviously I'm spending more time creating content than I used to. Uh, in the past, I was spending a lot more time trying to make sales, following up, uh, reaching out to strategic partners who might want to sell my stuff, etc. And so is uh, that feeling like the best use of your energy right now? That creating yeah, content? I, I, Yes, absolutely. You know, and, and I, I don't want to downplay strategic partnerships. I think they're incredibly important. I talk about that as well. But it's sort of like in the beginning, we need to be reaching out to strategic partners, joint venture partners, affiliates. Uh, we need to do, you know, do, do, be doing our sales and follow ups and whatever. But then I really encourage us to at least bring in some percentage of our time into content. And then hopefully over time, we shift more and more towards free content and less and less need for reaching out, like I've said, because now it comes to us. So that's that's how my time is spent now. A lot of it is spent on content. Yeah. And are you finding that um, you're? Is it absorbing more of your time, or do you? I, I guess one of the things that I talk with people about is when you're really intent on having the impact that you want to have, you can get so engaged and caught up in it that you burn yourself out. And that's a risk mm -hmm. with this yes. kind of work, the way of approaching work. So I'm, I'm interested to hear how you work with that, how you dance yes. with that. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I think I've had to learn how not to burn out over the years because of um, the way I used to work was very much a, a peak and valley type of sales cycle. And some of you might relate to that. It's sort of like when you are doing a campaign or doing a launch, there's a peak and that's so much energy, so much activity. And then, and then there's inevitably, usually there's some kind of crash. And I'll be, t I'll be honest, it was very exhausting. It was made a lot of money, but it was very exhausting. Mm -hmm. And I have shifted over the years to a much more even keel, um, steady growth model where I'm not doing the peaks and valleys. The, the, the one exception is that I just launched a book. But even with my book launch, it was much more even keel than I think most people. I'm, I'm seeing my book as a long-term thing. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing like, yeah, I'm, I don't, I don't, you know, uh, yes, I got Amazon bestseller status, but it's like, it's like, it's not that hard to get there these days, to be honest with you. But um, it's not, it's not, it's no longer about. I think the way I'm providing self-care is I'm finding, uh, I've scheduled into my time a lot of. Uh, breaks, uh, you know, each day I, I do um, like two hours of dog walk, mm -hmm. you know, broken up several times. I take a few naps each day, actually. This is one of the interesting things I, I do that a lot of people, what, really? You have time for naps? <laughs> like, do you, do you always fall asleep? No, I don't always fall asleep. I often don't fall asleep in my nap. Those are like 15 minute naps. Right. I take one after breakfast, take one after lunch. I take one in the late afternoon. So I take three naps a day. Um, and it's, it's amazing. I ref I'm feeling refreshed, but, but in terms of the overall macro of my self care, I think, I think what I'm doing now is I, I no longer try to do intense things. I, I make everything more even keel growth through content. And when I need to announce something, I try to make it as much of a whisper as possible. Um, the people on my email list are always surprised like, wow, you don't send, you know, 50 emails for this thing that's coming up for you. You send one or two, maybe three, you know? And so I think sort of the, the big picture self-care is the way I'm doing it is to make my business much more consistent and predictable and um, sustainable, I might say, rather than 
um, the past when I used to be almost playing the lottery, like, oh, this is going to be a big launch, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So. Well, the other thing, too, that it uh, is interesting to explore is um, – and something that I ask most people that I talk to is really how do you deal with obstacles when they come up? Because when you share your story and you have this really successful business and then you, you basically start over again and now it's successful again, it, you can get the impression that, well, for George, this is not something that he has mm. to deal with. And of course right. we all have obstacles or yeah, something that definitely. comes up to, yeah, that we, that we struggle with. So could you share a little bit about how you, how do you see problems and, uh-huh. um, and what do you do in response or what do you try to do when something pops up? And if, if you have an example, of course, that'd be great to hear yeah. about. The, the key mindset is curiosity. Um, huh. Wow. Interesting. That, that, uh, little campaign didn't work. Huh. I wonder why. What's something I could do differently in my next one? So I guess I could say there's, there's two mindsets here or two key words of mantras, maybe. So I get curious, right? And then, um, think about the next, the next time you're going to do it. And I, so in other words, I have a very long-term perspective now. I don't go, oh my gosh, you know, this launch didn't work or this obstacle or this client didn't, uh, this, this thing I told my client didn't work for them. I get curious, oh, that's interesting. I wonder how they implemented it that made it not work as well. Or I wonder what their market is telling them now. And then, oh, how can we do this differently for the next launch or the next campaign or the next, you know, piece of content or something like that. So, um, that, so that's true whether I'm launching a, you know, I, I do an online workshop once a month on a different topic. Uh, so for, for, so that I can test different topics and it's like, Oh, this topic didn't work this month. Okay. Um, I'm going to, and I might even ask some of the people who signed up, Oh, what was most interesting? Or some people who didn't sign up that I know didn't sign up. It's like, Hey, I'm curious what, besides this topic, what, what would it, what would you have wanted instead? You know, and then move on to, to do the next one. Well, it's so it's sort of this combination of, huh, that's interesting. Why, why, you know, that didn't work. So, and why, and then how can you apply that to the next situation? Yeah. So in other words, it's not a uh, judgment about my, my, my self-worth. Mm-hmm. And, and that's I think so that's, important. Oh my gosh. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, especially because their business is so personal to them, they're sharing a message that they feel like is if everyone only knew this, it would change the world. And it's, and, and so when other people don't get it, it's devastating. It's like, why, why don't other people get it? Is there something wrong with me? Is there something wrong with them? Am I, you know, and so there's all this judgment about who's, who's at fault here. Like, is it my, is it, I, I'm not worthy. Am I, am I not, am I not a good salesperson? Am I, is my message not worthwhile? No, it's not that it's, it's always, it's always and forever about the match. You know, your passion is completely worthwhile and important. And absolutely, if it, you feel that it is your calling, it is your calling. And the real definition of calling is the match between what you want to say and share and sell and what the market is needing at this time. 
Well, I think you make a really important point there. And you talked about this at the beginning, too, about uh, that you may have a strong passion for something, but it may not look exactly like what you first have in mind. So it's not about abandoning the passion. It's about, well, how else can I find an audience for this? Or who else needs this? Or how do they need it? Maybe in a different way than what I had in mind. Yeah. Yes. I find that when we find the right way of saying it, or the right way of packaging the offering or whatnot, it gets traction fairly quickly. Sure. I'm not I'm not saying that, wow, suddenly you've you've got your entire business is full, but you'll start to notice more quickly that people go, wait, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Versus people when you talk to them about it, they go, huh. <laughs> you know, they might have this kind of supportive, <laughs> huh. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, because right. then you're not really uh, if 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 what you're saying is not resonating with the person you're talking to, or or they can think of their friend Bob or Sally, who oh, you, I definitely need to introduce you to my friend Bob or Sally because they need this. Right. Then it's probably a, we need to probably say it in a different way. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if you had one piece of advice or an insight that you would share with another business owner who's saying. Well, I want to have that kind of impact. I want my message to get through super clearly so that I can connect with people that can re- I can really help. What would you what would you say to them? Yeah. So I inc- this is something that not enough people are doing in my opinion. I encourage people to make a commitment to create a body of work by being consistent with your content. And to be consistent in a relevant way that is authentic to you, but but relevant to that one person you're thinking of creating that one piece of content for. I don't create all my hundreds of videos for one client, but I every video or every blog post, I'm thinking about a particular client. And when we do that, and when we get reliable in doing it, see, that's the key. People have to see that we're reliable. Um, people start just spreading the word about us because the easiest way to refer you is not to say, oh, you know, check out Ursula's services. But the easiest way to refer you is actually, oh, check out this this video she just made or this right. blog post she just wrote or this podcast episode was really helpful. Mm-hmm. Let's share that for it because it's free for them to share and they know that they're going to help their friend right away because it's a free piece of content. Yeah. And they get a and, sense of you immediately too. Exactly. Exactly yeah. right. Exactly right. And so that is my encouragement is to get reliable with content that is of service to a particular person. And of course, share it everywhere that you are on online. But if you will do that, you will find fulfillment pretty quickly because you're actually helping somebody. And then over time, you will surprise yourself Without being able to, it's kind of like you can't really see a kid that you live with every day grow. Like you literally can't see that yesterday, you know, today they grew one inch. Right. I mean, it's hard to see the visit. But then over over a year, how did you grow so fast? <laughs> that is the same experience you're going to have with, with content that is authentic and relevant. Yeah. Well, George, thank you so much. You've shared so many important um, concepts and and truths about marketing today. I mean, from uh, 
you know, the consistency and really committing to creating content that's specifically going to speak to certain people. And um, it, it really speaks to your heart of gold in the way that you're um, offering content the way you are now and, and reaching out to people and working with them. So thank you for, for sharing that with us today. I've really uh, enjoyed having this conversation with you. Thank you. Thank you, Ursula. It's, it's, a, it's an honor to be here with you. And thank you for caring so much about bringing more positive impact in the world that you are doing this podcast. I really appreciate that too. Well, it's it's so much my pleasure. And if people want to get in touch with you, George, what's the best way for them to reach you? So the simplest way is just my website, www.georgecow.com. That's uh, G-E-O-R-G-E-K-A-O.com. And everything is there, all my you know, hundreds of videos and blog posts, dozens of blog posts at this point are, are all there. Great. Well, thanks again, George. I uh, so appreciate the work you're doing in the world and, and appreciate you being on the podcast. Thank you, Ursula. So join us for more podcasts on impact. Subscribe to the Work Alchemy podcast channel on iTunes or Stitcher Radio so you'll be notified as soon as new podcasts are available. Thank you to everyone listening for being here. Until next time, to keep that positive flow of energy going in your business so you can have your own impact, join our community of entrepreneurs like you by entering your name and email at workalchemy.com.